Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, how are you? This is Nina Clark, your host of Nina's Got Good News. Welcome back. How is everyone doing? Thank you all so much for all the love and support. I appreciate it so much. Please don't forget to subscribe to this show, Nina's Got Good News, so you don't miss any episodes. Also, we have a big favor to ask. Please, please share our podcast with a friend who appreciates positive content in the audio space. That would be so amazing. Thank you guys again. I'm so grateful for you guys showing up and supporting and listening to the podcast. So happy end of summer, everyone. I feel like this summer has really flown by. I know we say that all the time, but this summer really felt really fast. For parents, now the end of summer is such a challenging time. So I'm sending you all my love and support. Personally, I'm actually in denial about school starting because I love summer in coastal Connecticut here. And honestly, it's the best season when you live close to the water in Connecticut. Plus, of course, we've been talking about this. Charlie is about to leave for boarding school, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. Having all the feels right now, right? Anyone who's doing drop-off of any sort right now, I'm sending you guys all my good energy. We just returned from a wonderful final family trip of the summer to Cape Cod for a few days with the four of us, which was great. And we had a lot of fun. It was great to recharge and make some family memories together. By the way, (laughs) our family now loves golf. Yep, we played golf a lot. Now we love golf. So that's our new thing to do as a family that is really fun. I hope you've also had some time this summer to recharge and reset um, because I think it's so important in the summer to do that. So speaking of family, family time, Today's episode is proudly brought to you by a family-owned company. That's right, Mary Ruth Organics. Mary Ruth herself is an important resource for all of us when it comes to our overall health and wellness. And the whole company is family-owned and operated. This is the only brand of vitamins and supplements that we use in our house. Be sure to check out all of their products for the whole family. They have so many great options to help boost your immunity and keep you all staying healthy. Charlie and Blaine take these vitamins every single day. If you go to maryruthsorganics.com and use my promo code goodnews, you will save money at checkout. Again, maryruths.com and use my promo code goodnews, you will save money at checkout. And that is always good news right now to save some money. All that information, by the way, the link to shop as well as my promo code will be in the show notes of this episode as well. So if you go to the show notes at the bottom, you'll see the link and the promo code for Mary Ruth Organics. Okay, so on to episode 109. Oh my gosh, how did we get to 109? It's crazy. Today, we are going to be focusing on making fashion fun and also a small business success story. One of my favorite brands, Claire V, does just that. She makes fashion fun. The Claire V brand is chic and elegant and colorful and playful and always makes me happy. I personally own several of her bags and I actually love every single one that I own. The founder of the brand says her goal is to bring joy to her community. And I think that is so refreshing. 
Claire Vivier is an incredibly talented designer who started Claire V back in 2008, making bags, sewing them herself. Now, all these years later, Claire has enjoyed tremendous success in the fashion industry. And today we are going to find out how she built her small business into such a success. I love getting to know her and hearing all of her advice and wisdom about community and passion and persistence. Her brand new book, La Vie de Claire V is now available for pre-order. So don't miss out on this brand new coffee table book because it is gorgeous and reading it will bring you happiness because it did that for me. All the information, by the way, to pre-order Claire's book, her new book is also in the show notes of this episode. Claire is also about to open her 14th store. That's right, 14th store very soon too. This one is in Washington, D.C., There's so much good news to share from this inspirational mom. So here is my recent conversation with the founder of Claire V, Claire Vivier from Los Angeles. And Claire V joins me now from California. Claire, how are you? Happy end of summer. How are you doing? Um, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be talking to you. Well, I should be, we should be speaking in French. So I'll say bonjour, Claire. (laughs) Bonjour, Nina. Oh my gosh, your French is probably a million times better than mine, but I do, I try. And we recently took a family trip to Paris for Christmas, and my kids were cringing every time I would try to order um, a meal in French because I was trying. I was making, well, good for you. Yeah, I was good making a little trying. effort, you know, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. So, Claire, how are you doing and how is the brand? How is Claire V doing right now? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. I've had a big traveling summer. I went to, oh my gosh, Europe. I went to Portugal, Italy, and France in June, and then came home and went to Indonesia with Every Mother Counts, um, an organization that we do a lot of work with, with Christy Turlington, and um, then came back and for a month and then went back to France. So I'm, I just got back maybe a week ago or so, and I'm so happy to be back in LA, but been a big traveling summer and it's going to be a big traveling fall as well because um things are going well I mean knock on wood I don't take anything for granted and um when things are going good I I have I'm very grateful so things are going great and I know it's been a tough year for a lot of people a lot of people didn't know what to expect with an impending recession and that's on everyone's mind especially when you own a business um but thankfully we've been weathering this very well Well, that's great. I think it's because your products are so amazing and, you know, the, the price points I think are really reasonable when it comes to like a luxury item. So I think I would just say bravo to you for, for making them at at a price that we can all appreciate and, you know, you're not breaking the bank. So tell us a little bit about the backstory for people that don't know you as well as I do, because I love all your bags and your sweatshirts. And now I've seen your brand new book that we're going to talk about, but tell us the backstory about how you started Claire V you know, why did you want to start a bag business? And, you know, tell us the whole, I love the backstory about the sewing machine and the whole bit. So tell us the story behind the brand. We're celebrating our 15th year. Um, the brand, my name is Claire Vivier and our brand is Claire V. And uh, I started it 15 years ago. I started it as a laptop bag company because at the time I was working with my husband who is French um, and we were um, working together, producing stories for French television. That's 
what he does for a living. He's a journalist for French television. And I was producing with him, traveling a lot with a laptop and no cute bag. So I made my own bag. And then friends of mine wanted a cute laptop bag as well. And so I started sewing them myself. Um, I had a really crappy sewing machine, so I was limited on the um, types of fabrics that I could sew on, but I got really, really into it and started to really geek out on this idea of what if I could start a bag company? What if I could, what if I could start a work bag company for women? Um, and I just really believed in it and really just was so passionate about it. Um, I just kind of kept doing it with my little machine and then um I also had a baby so then I was kind of stayed home was stay-at-home mom for three years and then eventually I found three hundred dollars no four hundred dollars on the sidewalk and um I took those four hundred dollars and bought a really good sewing machine or a really good sewing machine for me much better than what I had so I was able to sew on really thick fabrics because I was for bags you want to be able to sew on number one thick you know canvases things that are going to be adorable but number two I, I really had dreams of sewing on leather so um that's what I was able to do with my first professional showings that's amazing huh, that, that four hundred dollars yeah. I feel like that four hundred dollars that was like your lucky day and it changed your life don't you think did it's so funny to think about that um I really I feel like I was so persistent and I think that is one of the keys to success that I will always tell anyone who's starting a business is persistence tenacity you know believing in yourself and keep going you know it's just it did change the trajectory but I think that I probably would have figured out a way to do it anyway right because you were so passionate about it I love that I always tell, I always tell my kids that like, find your passion and then go follow that. Right. Yeah. Because then it doesn't feel, then it doesn't feel like a terrible job. You know, if it's something you really love and you're passionate about, you're actually going to be excited to wake up and go do it. I'm excited to come to work every single day. How lucky are you to say that? I know. I know I'm very lucky. And I, I, I know that it's an unusual position. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, when I was in Indonesia, I was with a group of professional women and I was talking to, um, a cardio, I don't think she was a surgeon, but she's a cardiologist. And, um, we we were, it was like two days before the end of the trip. And I said to her, I'm so excited to get back to work. And she looked at me like I was crazy and said, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. (laughs) I said, it's so true. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Oh my God. I love that. Hopefully it's contagious to everyone that works with you. I'm sure it is. So tell us, you know, I think a lot of people think Claire that you're French um, because when I told people that I was going to be interviewing you, they asked if you have an accent, they thought they legit thought that you're French. So tell us, you know, I know your husband is obviously French and you obviously have a love for France but tell us a little bit about your ties to France. Well, and first of all, I can't, America. Now, I can now say that I am French as well. I'm officially a French citizen after this, officially this year. Um, my husband and I have been together for probably 28 years now. Um, 
I we met when I went to Paris after college to just live in Paris. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was so young and foolish and confident, I guess, that I thought I could just go live in Paris um, and figure stuff out. And it's it's funny because I think you have to do things like that when you're that age, because as we age, we become way more cautious. Yeah. And I don't think I, I mean, I don't think I would have done it any later in life. Um, so I went to Paris, I found a job, I found an apartment, I found a job, I found an internship. I was waiting tables, being paid under the table, because I was, of course, not legal to be there. Um, and then I found an internship at a documentary film production company. And these were two things that I did before I spoke a word of French, really. I, I, um, it was so funny and just fearless. My, I got a job waiting tables and the night before I called a friend and said, how do I, what do I say when I go to the table? I mean, how do I take an order? And they told me, you walk up to the table and you say, avez-vous commandé? You say, bonjour, avez-vous commandé? And so I would go up every single table and say, bonjour, avez-vous commandé? Is that, do you have any questions? No, it means, have you ordered? Oh, have you ordered? Okay, I love that. In past tense. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I had no idea I was speaking in past tense. So I would go up to every single table, even if it was the first table and nobody else was in there and nobody else has talked to them. And so I would walk up to every table. Hello, have you ordered? And they would just kind of look at me like I was crazy because they're like, no, I haven't ordered. I've been sitting here and you're the only one waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like a year before I learned that I was speaking in the past tense for that. But in any case, um, then I would take their order by just, I could phonetically figure out what they were saying from the menu and write, I would write it down on my pad of my order pad and then take it back to the kitchen. Um, and then I worked at a documentary film production company and they desperately needed someone to answer phones for the summer because, of course, everyone goes on vacation in summertime in France. So I answered phones. I was reception. I didn't speak any French. And I would say, <laughs> I would say, um, Les Films d'ici, bonjour. And that that the name of the company is Les Films Les Films d'ici, the film the films of here. And then they would speak really quickly in French, and they would ask to speak to somebody, and hopefully I could understand the name of the person that they were trying to reach. Um, but I couldn't say much after that. Oh my gosh! Like maybe could I take a message? And then good luck for getting that phone number right, because <laughs> yeah, I know you must have. I'm I'm sure there was a lot of um missed messages there that's a lot of translation a lot of times that's hilarious yeah Yeah. and then I met my husband I met my boyfriend who would become my husband and um it was just really important for me to learn French to become fluent because once we were serious enough so that I knew that I would be spending a lot of time with his family I just it was imperative that I could speak French because French people speak spend so long at a table over meals discussing it's a, it's a very like you know dinner culture where they will sit for hours at the table or lunch culture but a meal culture basically and there's a lot of conversation that happens at the table and I just definitely wanted to be able to understand I thought that would be a, a miserable plight to not understand so it was very much sink or swim learning the language 
I love it. Well, I'm, you've done a great job and now you're fluent. And now are you a dual citizen? Yes. Or you, okay. So you have yeah, dual Thankfully, uh, France and uh, the U.S. have a, I guess, an agreement that you can oh, keep. That's with. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And I'm sure you're, I'm sure your son, lo- is he, is he fluent in French now too? He is fluent in French because he went to the French, uh, the international school here, the Lycée International yep. here in Los Angeles. So that's where he learned. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, I think it's important for kids to speak with other kids. I think even if the parents are speaking a language at home, they want to speak the dominant language where they are going to school or where their friends are. So before he went to kindergarten at the lycée, he understood French, but never would respond in French. And then he started to speak French when he was around other kids speaking it. Now, I love, Claire, that you were one of the the OG bloggers. So how you would sell in the beginning, how you would sell your laptop bags that then became, you know, then you would make other bags, purses, wallets, all that. How you sold them oh. in the beginning was from your blog. So you were one of the OG bloggers, which I love because I now, really you know, the blogger yeah. space is so big. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, about your blog back in the day. Well, when I started, really had this dream to start the company, I started with a website and then there was this puzzle of, okay, now I have this product and a website. How are people going to find out about me? And I would, so I started a blog thinking that I could market myself and I could tell my own story. At the time I was reading other people's blogs. I was reading a woman who lived in Paris. I'm an American who lived in Paris and I read her blog on a daily, her daily entries. And there was nothing extremely exciting about it. It was just, as we know now, which seems so natural to us because of Instagram and all of our social media now that we we are so interested in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, it wasn't really the case. Um, so based on that one woman's blog, I thought, well, if I read hers, I bet there's going to be other people who want to read mine. And here's what I've got. I, I live in Los Angeles. I'm married to a Frenchman. I have a small child. I am starting a new business. And I have a community of creative women in Los Angeles. And that's what I've got. And that's the story I'm going to tell. And hopefully there's going to be more and more people that want to read my blog and follow along on this very early journey that I was taking of um, starting my own business. That's so cool. I love that. And yeah. then I know you, you got a lot of, you got a lot of success through daily candy, which I used to live by daily candy right back in the day. Right? So I, I always, mm-hmm. I always dream that maybe some, somehow, some way that will like come back, even though, mm-hmm. you know, the influencers are, well, it is, isn't it funny how it is coming back though. Okay. So all of the sub stacks and the newsletters, yeah. it, I mean, basically it's coming back to the blog and it's coming back into your inbox. And that's, yep. Like I have a friend named Marlene Rettmeister and she yep. has, um, and she's had it for a few years. She was kind of a pioneer in this space on this, you know, I don't even know what 4.0 we're on right now, but she um, started with a newsletter where she would talk mm-hmm. about an outfit. It would come into someone's inbox and it would talk about an outfit and it would outline each piece. And that's kind of what Daily Candy was doing. Yep. And it was just a trusted voice telling you about something new mm-hmm. and everyone was super into it. And I feel like how did Daily Candy, how did they find you, Claire? Um, through friends of friends, I'm sure. Yeah. 
And then once yeah. it hit Daily Candy, was it? Well, actually, was I that do sort know. of the moment where you were like, wait a second, I think I actually like this might actually this might actually work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I believed in myself and my product and I and I always trusted my own style, style, sense and taste. So I knew my products were good looking and I thought other they would look good on other people. So I was confident in that way. I, I'm just remembering that I know exactly how Daily Candy found out about me is because I knew one of the original people at Daily Candy was Eve Epstein. Mm hmm. And um, she was one of the original editors under, who was the founder? Dave. Danny Levy. Danny. She was yeah. with Danny. Yeah. And um, Eve is kind of, she's the cousin of a very, very, very good friend of mine. So a childhood friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and she, Eve lived in New York. I grew up in Minnesota. But when we would go to New York to visit, we would always visit um, Eve's family. They lived on the Upper West Side. And so, I don't know, I think years later, she was at Daily Candy and um, she's the reason why I got my first ones. But maybe That's they so would have found out about me and if I didn't know Eve Epstein. But Yeah, I know. I love that. But well, I do all about, her, all, It's her, like it goes yeah. back to networking, you know, it's like, yeah, so cool. I love that. Yeah. It's word of mouth. So yeah. now let's talk a little bit about now with social media. How do you use, just because I'm so passionate about social media, I love it so much. I love the social aspect of it. I love how we shop on it. I love how we connect on it, collaborate, all the, I love all the positive aspects of it. So tell us, how do you use social, you know, for your brand? What's your favorite platform right now? You know, how do you guys tell the story of Claire V, the brand on social? Well, Instagram is still my favorite. The brand is on TikTok and I have a, a really wonderful 25 year old who takes care of the social media for the brand. Her name's Julia and she's amazing. And she's, she's doing a great job with the brand's TikTok, but I'm not really active on TikTok. I'm not. So anyway, Instagram is still my favorite. The way yep. we, the way we utilize it is, um, oh, so much. Um, I, uh, I utilize it as I use the blog. I tell the, I, I'm very um, honest and authentic. I talk about my political beliefs. I talk about my style crushes. I talk about my family mm -hmm. um, and the people I work with. Um, so I think as with my blog, I, as, as you know, I just, I wanted to be authentic and tell my own story thereby tell the story of the brand and the backstory of the brand um we utilize we've started during the pandemic a program <laughs> program sounds so um erudite a program on instagram live it's called the cute show and uh, we started in 2020 when our stores were closed and when we didn't couldn't have contact with people really and i didn't want to lose contact with our with our customers and we had still new products coming out. So we had to really like be talking about them. So we, st me and uh, Greta Heikemer, who I've is a very old friend of mine and we've worked together now for maybe 11 years. Um, 
started a show called The Cute Show, where we just talk about the new products every week. And it's just kind of like two girlfriends talking about how cute they think everything, we think everything is, and um, what we would wear it with, and where we would wear it. And um, it just really took hold and people re really reacted really nicely to it, and especially during the pandem pandemic, because so many people were so excited to just be hanging out with friends, you know, it just yep. felt like something like, oh my God, it's so nice. All I want to do is hang out with my friends. And when I watch you guys, I feel like that's what I'm doing. And that was the best compliment ever because that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So we've kept it up. It's it's a weekly show. And the only time we don't do it is when I'm traveling somewhere where it's just kind of very inconvenient for I mean, the time difference is too crazy. So, um, so every Friday we'll do a show and we'll talk about whatever is new in, in the stores. And, uh, yeah, today we usually do it from our studio. Today we're going to drive over to our West Hollywood store and do it from there. Oh, that's so fun! I love yeah. that. The cute, the cute show. It's so cute. Cute show. Cute yeah. show. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and it's a great way to just connect with your community on social. I think that's so important. People react to both the friendship that I have with Greta, but then also Greta's extremely funny. So I think people love the humor aspect as well. So it's good. It's lighthearted. And yeah. Funny. We like to laugh, right? That's so fun. And you guys make yeah. fashion fun. I love that. So yeah. tell us right now, obviously, you know, we, I, I like to be real here on the podcast, even though I like to focus on everything positive, but tell us about, let's talk about challenges. What has been your biggest challenge as a founder, would you say? And how have you overcome that? Because I feel like, you know, we don't want to make it out like everything is always rainbows and unicorns. You know, obviously you face challenges along the way. So what, what's been what's been the biggest challenge and how did you get through it? There's um, so there are so many challenges. There are challenges every single day. Um, I think something that comes to mind when you ask me that right now is the challenge of growth. And it's when you're growing, when you're growing a company, you're assessing risk every single day. And you have to decide if you're going to, you know, sign a lease for a new store, or you're going to sign a lease for a new workspace because you're busting at the seams for your current studio. Um, and all of this, all of this is risk because you're kind of betting on the future. You're betting on the fact that you're going to be able to pay this rent or you're going to be able to do whatever that the risk is. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge because you have to keep thinking about the future when you're growing a business. Um, and I think the way that I've been able to do it is I'm a pretty conservative risk risk taker but I am a risk taker I don't I'm I think I think it comes from growing a company really grassroots and like bootstrapping my own company when you bootstrap a company you're not financed you you really have to spend your penny wisely and I don't think I've ever lost that mentality and that I found a president of my company I think six years ago Molly Leonetti came on board and she has been just an amazing partner to me as a business business mind. Um, and she and I really have a nice synergy between the two of us because we are, we've been growing the company. I think we've grown like five times the company since she got here. Um, um, and I think we have a good like risk analysis together. I think we like 
I, I, the word that keeps coming to mind because I have no vocabulary anymore, apparently, is extravagant. And I don't want, I don't think that's the right word, but um, undue risk, I guess, is just what, what I want to say. And I think it is something that paralyzes young or just fledgling business owners because um, they don't know if they can do it yet. And sometimes, sometimes I talk to young business owners and they're worrying about a risk. They're worrying about something that's not even a problem yet. And that, that I'll have to like calm them down and say, okay, calm down. You don't need a bigger studio yet. So let's just like not, because they'll say, what, what am I going to do when I grow out of this studio space? And like, let's calm down. Let's, it's not, you're not there yet. So cross the bridge when you're there. <laughs> um, but once you're there, you gotta, um, you gotta do it. Otherwise you're not going to grow. Yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, biggest challenge. Sounds like hiring assessing. a president was a way to help you keep growing, right? You, yes. you saw that growth when you, because that must have been so hard to run, you know, be the founder and then running the day to day. You know, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was, yeah. I thankfully have in 2012, I took on business partners. Mm-hmm. In 2012, I sold 40% of my company. Um, and I had two business partners. They were Tom Cartsotis and Stephen Allen. And they were both I mean, extremely important mentors to me because they were both very seasoned business people and very, um, very kind and very um, just proud of the work that we've been able to, we were doing up until that point. So um, they were extremely helpful and I, and I needed it. And that's why I took the partners at the time, because I was a creative person. I I started the business out of a dream of a product and I loved product and I love making it. I love fashion, but I didn't go to business school and I didn't ever work at a big fashion company. So I didn't even know the, the roles and the different um, needs that we were going to be having as we grew. So it's been a learning smart though. That was so smart. You know, like your self-awareness was so good. Oh, for sure. A lot of self-awareness. Yeah. A lot of um, being able to delegate and not Mm -hmm. having it, not having an ego about things you don't know. You hire smarter people than yourself, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So Claire, let's talk a little bit about the book. La Vie de Claire V. I love the book so much. It's just, um, you know, I love the bright green. I love the colors. When I was flipping through the book, it just, it just makes me happy. So Thank I'm you. so excited to see um, how the, re- you know, what the response is going to be and all the good feedback you're going to get from it. But what made you want to write a book right now? What was the decision behind the book? Well, we were not thinking about it at all. And I got a cold email from Rizzoli Publishers. And um, it was an email from Gisela Aguilar. And she's an editor at Rizzoli. And she said, we love your brand and we're interested in doing a book with you. And I thought wow, is this real? <laughs> and uh, I responded immediately and turned out it was real. And she extremely enamored of the brand. She had read different articles about me and my story. So she, um, I don't know. I just feel like I got extremely lucky that I found uh, I had an admirer at Rizzoli um, because um, I think it's a big deal to have a book with such an esteemed publishing house and um 
we're just extremely excited. And when I hear you say that it brought you joy or that's what you felt looking at it, that's exactly, you said it made you feel happy and that's exactly what we wanted it to do because that's what we want the brand to do. We just wanted the book to be an extension of the brand and show how colorful it is and how how it makes people feel just by looking at all the images that we've had over the last 15 years. What surprised you the most about the process of like putting it together and writing it? What was the biggest surprise? The surprise might have been what you just alluded to, the trip down memory lane. It was it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm I'm not a real sentimental person. Um I tend to just kind of live and move forward. And um, looking at all of those pictures, it was really like um, forced me to stop and look at everything that we had done and everything we had accomplished and um, all the beautiful things we've made. What a great team that I've been able to work with and and how much fun I've had over the years. So it was really emotional. I also had, um, I lost both parents over the last couple of years. I mean, my father, I lost, I can't even believe it, but I think, I think it's coming up on 10 years. And um, so he was able to see the first um, era of the company. You know, he, I think he passed away right after we opened our second store, which was our Nolita store in 2013. Um, yeah. Cause he passed away in the beginning of 2014, but um, I was extremely close with him. I, I love my parents, I felt like I was extremely luck- lucky to have such great people as mentors and ha- as loving nurturers in my life. Um, but then my mother just passed away right at the, right as we were turning in the final version of this book. And that was um, at the end of February, 2023. And um, that was extremely difficult as well. The, the, I feel good because she was able to see a final version of the book, not the final writing, but she was able to see the final images because I had a PDF. So the last time I saw her, which was right before she passed away, I showed her the entire PDF. There's nothing like a parent's pride, you know, there's nothing like that. So um, then I had to go back and write the rest of it, which was very difficult. Um, so those were the un, un, unexpected difficulties of doing the book. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Well, I'm sure I'm sure your mom was so proud of you. And I know, you know, I'm sure your dad too. You know, he's still there. Yeah. So I'm sure he's- Yeah, so they, are. they are. They are. They are. They're it's still amazing with to us. See in the book, like how far you've come, you know, it's like just so beautiful. So congratulations. Yeah. I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people think- you know, oh, I should write a book about that, you know, or they have an idea for the, for a book. So what's your advice if someone does have an idea for a book? Is it, you know, to go for it? Or do you think, you know, what would you say? Of course, I'm always for people going for it. I think we, our worst trait is that we are our own worst critic, our harshest critic, and that we have so many voices in our head telling us not to do something, Mm -hmm. not to take the risk and not, you know, telling us that, oh, that's not a good enough story. Somebody else has a better story. And I just want people to put those critical voices out out of their heads and to tell their story. I think Mm. everyone has such an interesting story to tell. And um, I, uh, my biggest advice would be like, go for it and get rid of those terrible critics in your head. 
Yeah, that's so good. That's especially good women. I hear it from women all I the time. Know. How critical I know. We are. We're, we're so hard on ourselves, right? We especially are moms. I feel like moms, especially. Oh, yes. So let's talk a little bit about mom life, Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, give us, you know, we all struggle with this, the mom guilt, the balance, the work-life balance. And, yeah. you know, like we were just saying, we're so hard on ourselves, especially as moms. What's your best advice about juggling it all? You started a company like you were talking about with your son. He was young. How do you, how did you get through all that? You know, what's your advice? Like now that you've looked back and now that you can look back and you have years of experience under your belt, you know, what are, what are some of your tips for, for moms? Um, I think I, I always go back to the idea that if your kids are well taken care of and being loved, you don't have to feel guilty about not being with them. So much of our mom's guilt that we feel is just self-inflicted. Some of it is that we feel like our kid is missing us, Mm -hmm. you know, and some of it is the feeling that we feel like we're missing something. When I started to travel so much, my husband took a little bit of a backseat from his career and was like, all right, this is working out. Your career is really taking off. I'm going to take a little step back from my French television and I'm going to maybe decline some jobs and be able to stay home while you're traveling. And that was very lucky for me that I had a, a husband who was able to do that. But if it's not a husband, maybe it's another type of caregiver. Um, but what I knew is that my son was well taken care of. So I was, I felt comfortable really putting my all into my work when I was at work. Um, and that was a big gift. Uh, yeah. I just feel extremely grateful that I had an husband that was able to take on that responsibility. And I'm just of the mindset that I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm going mm-hmm. to do something that is important to me. And as the business grew, we started to, it started to take on another type of importance where I started to employ people and I started to have a lot of responsibility in that, in that way. And to me, that was pretty amazing. The fact that I was responsible for other people's livelihoods and that was, that's a big deal and something to be proud of and to be, if, if we can continue to do that and create a work environment where people are not only being trusted because we trust that they're smart people doing the best that they can do, but also being having a good time and working for a good company that they believe in. I think that's important. Um, so I'm, I got a little bit away from parenting, but that's just to say that that took on another type of importance for me where I was feeling like, okay, well, I need to keep doing this mm-hmm. now because I'm responsible for yeah. a lot of people. Providing jobs um, for people. That's so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, don't you think too that having your son see his mom, I mean, I know, I'm sure he's so proud, but also don't you think that's sort of a teachable moment that you were showing him that, you know, women women can have amazing jobs too. And, you know, you can, you can, you can do it all. Oh, for sure. I think, well now, you know, and they're growing up in this era that's much different from when we grew up, but right. there's um, in some ways not that different. Um, you know, we just saw the Barbie movie and the Barbie movie is a really interesting look at the roles that men and women 
are playing right now and are living and that when she goes into the real world and they see that women aren't really running things um I thought that was such a great moment um so I was going to say that yeah my son is growing up in a different time where of course he sees powerful women everywhere but then I'm like well wait a minute so still still pretty messed up and not not one fifty percent not one hundred percent equal equal so um, I think it, I think I've been a good role model to him. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think most importantly, I've just been a loving mom to him. And I think that's, that's been the most important. Yeah. That's so important. I love that. That's what yeah. they need, right? Yeah. They don't need perfection. They just, they just need you. I um, hope so. Yes. I hope so. so Claire, in addition to running this amazing company and being, being an awesome, loving mom, what do you like to do outside of work? Like what, what do you do for fun? I mean, you work so much. Mm-hmm. I You're work juggling so much. a lot I, with home I life. So, yeah, what do you like to do for fun? I travel a lot. I, um, traveling for work is, is fun for me because often I'll be traveling with people I work with who I really love and who we have a great time together. We are always, um, eating great food. I'm very interested in food. I'm very interested in wine. Um, what else do I love to do? I love hiking. Um, I love tennis and hiking and I love just being active in general. So yeah, I, these trips with every mother counts have been really important to me that also every once in a while, I'll get a wild hair to run a half marathon, which I'm just signed up for, for oh boy. running, for, <laughs> running for every mother counts. Um, the golden gate. Half Wait, is that really be- fun though? Let's just, yeah. Is that really for fun? <laughs> just- it, I know. I know, no, you know the training awesome. part is not fun, but the actual race, the golden gate half, it's like the first weekend in November and it's beautiful weather. It's like you run across the golden gate bridge with a whole bunch of people and it's very, very fun. So, but I'm unfortunately training in LA and training by myself. And that's, that's the not fun part, but right. at least I'm thinking about doing something good for my body. And um, as I age, I want to keep doing great things for my body and keep, you know, not ignoring it. Cause I think <laughs> ignoring your body as you get over 50 is a bad idea. <laughs> Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of that since I turned 52. So yeah. What advice do you give to younger women when it comes to aging? I feel like, you know, aging is a, is, is a topic that, you know, we all need to be talking about in a more positive, positive. Oh my gosh. So much, you know, I'm so, everyone's so nervous about it. Yeah. And I was never nervous about aging. I didn't ever think about it and I never, I didn't ever hate my birthday or anything like that, but, um, one of the things I'm really excited about right now, and I think for this next generation of women coming up just after us, so let's like say the 40-year-old women um, of whom I have tons of great friends, I'm really excited because they're coming up at a time when menopause is not going to be this hidden thing because there's this sudden like, it sounds so outlandish, but it's um, the sudden realization that we should be talking about menopause in an open way and, and like talking about all of the things, not just hot flashes, but the other, all of the other changes, hormonal changes that happen around, and not be ashamed of it. Just excuse me. It's, we all are going through it. Let's not be ashamed of it. Let's treat it as we treat our periods or, or, or whatever it is. Biological. Yeah. 
childbirth or periods, whatever it's, but let's, let's talk about it and, and get the help that we need because there's help out there. And um, I love that like Naomi Watts is starting her, she started her company, um, which is called Swell? Stripe. Stripe. All right. I called it Swell because um, there was another company started by Pilar Guzman, which was an online community for women over 40 called The Swell. And I think Pilar has since left the company, but The Swell and Stripes did a conference a few months ago in Los Angeles on menopause. And they had doctors speaking all day long and they had, um, you know, cardiologists, people talking about heart health and sexual health and hormonal replacement therapy and all of the things that we will all be taught. We've all started to talk about much more freely. Um, and I found the conference to be just so illuminating and so wonderful. Um, so yeah, Naomi's a friend and, and I'm very, very excited about the success she's having with her company and there's others like it. And I think it's such a great thing. I know. I lo- and I, it's so important that we're, that we all talk about it, you know, and not, yeah. you know, and it's sort of like normalize it a little bit more. And not be ashamed it happens of it, to all of us. Proud of it. Who cares? We're still yeah. vital and beautiful and vibrant. And yeah, of course we're just yeah, over 50. This is what happens. So, or it's right. not even 50, it's women from in their forties on yeah. basically to have these. So. Exactly. So Claire, what's next for you and how do you, and in that, in that same question, I know you, you know, we, you've been talking about some of your stores. So I also want to know like sort of how are the stores doing, but what's next, what's next for the fall, the rest of 2023. And then, you know, how are, how are things going with the stores? We're so excited. We have our 14th store opening, which is our Georgetown store opening in the fall. And I'm really excited about it. It's on Wisconsin Street in a great area of Georgetown. Wisconsin Ave. Yep. I know it well. I used to intern there. I used to intern there for ABC News. Oh, so cool. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great location, Claire. Yes. We're right across from the Apple store. Um, and then we have the book coming out 15 year anniversary. We have a pop-up in Paris happening, um, which we open October 1st and it will be, um, in the Marais in Paris for October, November, December. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, What a fall you have planned. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm exhausted. Just, just talking about it. That's incredible. Well, congratulations. There's so much good stuff happening. Do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite store location, Claire? I know it's hard to play favorites. I know it's hard to play favorites. And um, I, there's certain stores that I love because the feeling is so wonderful. Like the West Hollywood location is, it's that you walk in and it's just kind of like this very peaceful, bright cocoon of a, of a store. Um, It's very peaceful. And so every time I'm in that store, I'm like, God, this we're so nice. I just want to hang out here. Um, I really love our San Francisco Hayes Valley location because again, really bright and beautiful. You can really see the, all of the product so much better when, when we have that kind of space to display it. We recently moved our Nolita store from one side of the street on Elizabeth street to the other side of the street and took on twice the amount of space and sales have been 
through the roof since we moved across the street. Wow. We've doubled in sales. We doubled in size and we doubled in sales, which is something that we didn't anticipate, but it was so illuminating because we thought we realized, oh, right. When you have the space to display things this well, it sells because they want to see it. Yeah. The product is beautiful. They just need the room to be able to see it the room to walk around and, and just feel, feel the, the vibe of the brand. Um, so those are kind of my favorite stores, but I don't want to. I know it's hard. I, I don't know. love the other ones too. I like know. Silver, Silver Lake is my baby because it's my, it's my own neighborhood where I live in Los Angeles. And oh, gotcha. that so one will great. always hold a very yeah. special place in my heart. Also it's on a corner. I love stores on a corner. So. Yeah, that's, I love that too. A, that's fun yeah. because then everyone gets to see it from different angles. That's so fun. Yes. And you're, when you're inside that store, watching people walk by is it's a, it's the best people watching in the world. Um, well, Claire, how do we order your new book? How does everyone order La Vie de Claire V? Thank you for asking. It's available. Any, it's available anywhere. It's available on Amazon. It's Barnes and Noble. It's available on Rizzoli.com. It's but it's also available on at Clarevy.com. Okay, good. And we're going to put all of that information in the show notes. So if anyone you know is driving right now or watching, yeah, and it officially launches on um, September twelfth. Officially yep, released. And what's released. the date of the Georgetown opening? That's in September. You said. Sometimes. I think it's in October. Oh, October. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, yeah. it keeps like creeping back. Okay. Well, yeah. so we can follow along on your Instagram. So tell everyone what your handle is and then obviously what the brand handle is. My handle on Instagram is Claire Vivier and there's no I in Claire. And then our handle, our brand handle on Instagram is Shop Claire V. And uh, I like to say there's no I in Claire V. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. So good. All right. Well, Claire, merci beaucoup for sharing all your good news. I feel like it just coming all your good news. It just doesn't stop. I'm so excited for you. And thank you so much. I love the name of your podcast. Oh, thank you. It's all good news. And you're like perfect. You're like the perfect guest because honestly you make, you make fashion fun and you make it happy. And I love all your products. Um, I, I have your fanny pack. I have a couple of your sweatshirts. Awesome. I have a trucker hat. I have oh my a, gosh. Thank you so I much. A, I have a clutch. I have a little wallet. <laughs> I could keep going. Mm-hmm. I have a lot. Cute. Oh, the other thing we have coming is our sample sale. That's a really oh, fun event. Yes. I bet. I bet everyone like sort of runs to that when that happens. Right. It's a, I think we're going to make it an LA holiday, official holiday in Los Angeles. <laughs> it sounds like, I got to talk to the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, merci again for joining us and sharing all the merci good news. Well. Congratulations on the new book and um, just keep, keep doing what you're doing because you make, you make it all seem so good and fun and happy. So thank you for that. It makes a big thank difference you. to everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. A bientôt. A bientôt. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify. Also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. 
Please be sure to subscribe. Also, rate and review all her podcasts, too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXO.